listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. And hello, welcome to the ACB Advocacy Update for the week of May 11th. I am not Clark Rackville or Claire Stanley. I'm Eric Bridges, the Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind. Uh, I have taken over this podcast. Uh, Clark and Claire are locked away in a closet in the national office. Uh, They will be let out at the end of this podcast. (laughs) Um, At any rate, it is my pleasure uh, to welcome a special guest for for this week's edition, uh, Lee Nasahi, who is the CEO of VisionServe Alliance. Welcome, Lee. Thank you very much, Eric. Happy to be here. Yeah, and Turnabout is fair play. She had me on uh, the Vision Serve Alliance podcast, what, about a month ago or so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. During this time of uh, shelter in place, uh, all of these weeks seem to kind of blur into one. Um, but, but thank you very much. And uh, why, don't we, why don't we get into it here a little bit? Um, okay, let's do it. Over the last year or so, ACB has uh, gotten involved with Vision Serve Alliance, and in fact, we are now a proud member. Uh, uh, actually, got my notice to to re up our membership just this week. Uh, for the wow, next time year. flies, huh? It, it does. Um, you know, I met you, I believe, in uh, February last year uh, before the uh, Vision Serve conference in uh, in Nashville in May. Right, and you you were I think just getting ready to start your new gig with Vision Serve Alliance. Why don't you um why don't you tell a little, the audience a little bit about uh, Vision Serve Alliance and uh, what you all what you all do and the role okay. you play in the community? Great, thanks. Uh, well, Vision Serve Alliance is a leadership collective. The leaders of all nonprofit and charitable organizations. Uh, that are committed to serving people with blindness, low vision, and other visual impairment, as well as our allies in related fields, are encouraged to join Vision Serve Alliance. Um, Together, we are shaping the impact of our our national community's work. So Vision Serve Alliance's purpose is to strengthen, empower, renew, and perhaps most importantly, connect the leadership of all these organizations through collaboration rather than competition uh, in order to dramatically enhance our collective impact on the quality of life for people of all ages living with blindness and low vision and other visual impairment. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the various sort of sub sectors or what have you in our community, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, Agencies for the Blind or other places, uh, other organizations that are members? Yeah, sure. So we have a little over 120 members, and we're hoping to grow to 200 members. Uh, Our members include uh, national organizations like ACB, AFB, the American Printing House. Uh, So many, uh, almost all the national organizations are members of Vision Serve Alliance. Probably the largest group or type of of member are those community-based organizations providing vision rehabilitation services. Um, Also, AbilityOne-affiliated organizations are members. Um, 
private schools for the blind, uh, like the New York Special Institute and Overbrook. Many of the dog guide schools for the blind are members of Vision Serve Alliance. We have uh, organizations that are dedicated to early intervention and preschool services, <clears throat> or the other end of the spectrum, seniors, um, low vision clinics. So any any organization that is providing, um, you know, that their mission is primarily about service to people who are blind and visually impaired are, are welcome and are part of this. We also have associate members new that uh, too. That's a relatively new thing. And we're, we're hoping to have many more associates. Those could be people who um, work for an organization that doesn't fit our definition, but they're very involved and passionate about the field. They could be retired um, and, and still working in the field, you know, still want to be involved. So we're hoping to grow that number as well. Wow. That's quite a breadth of, of you know, areas of, of uh expertise and, and, you know, service uh, provision. Mm -hmm. How, wh what's it been like for you to, to take over a membership organization, uh, you know, over the last year and dealing with, um, you know, the, these various uh, organizations and, and their, their leadership? Well, it has been very interesting. Um, I'd say the most challenging aspect of managing Vision Serve Alliance for me has been the size of our staff. Um, I don't know if everybody realizes this, but we only have, at the moment, two full-time staff, including me, and we have one part-time staff. Now, that part-time staff will become full-time next month, so that will help. And then we recently added Paul Schrader to our team as contracted public policy staff, so that's a big help. But, you know, it's still not enough for us to do the many things that our board and staff leadership team has envisioned for our five-year target date of December 31st, 2024. There's a whole lot we want to accomplish. And, um, you know, our, our, our vision is much bigger than our staff capacity. So, uh, and for me, because before I ran a much larger organization, <clears throat> I still have the same amount of dreams and things I'm pursuing. And it's like, wait, I don't have anybody to delegate that to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of throttle the um, the expectation a little bit, I guess. Uh, you know, the that's one of the the really interesting components of of my role at ACB down through the years. Five years ago, when I was appointed executive director, we had a, a pretty skeletal team, and we mm -hmm. had gone through an uh, a year or two of actual contraction where we actually had to let uh, people go and yeah. getting back on solid financial footing and then putting together a, a plan for, for how to, you know, be able to strategically add headcount. Um, yeah. Something that was really helpful for us. And it, it sounds like it's, it's obviously very helpful for you. And I don't mean throttle expectations as in lower expectations, but there's, there's where you want to be and there's where you are mm -hmm. at the current moment. And how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? And, and those are no, things that I've absolutely. had to deal with. And yeah. sometimes you do have to prune so that you can, can grow down the road. And I think many of us are um, experiencing that right now through this pandemic. So 
yeah, it's, it, it's a challenge. Um, an additional challenge of, of running an association, anybody who runs an association, is managing the sometimes, especially you heard how diverse our field or our membership is. So managing those sometimes very diverse needs and priorities of our members with what I'll call true north, uh, those big, hairy, audacious goals and plans that our combined board and staff leadership team have, have put in place what, what, where we believe we need to go doesn't always align with the immediate needs of our membership. So we, we have to balance that. And, and that's what happens in, a, in association management. I'm learning that. And then I guess finally, you know, hello, we're in a pandemic. So um, one of our primary strategies of vision serve like most associations is convening people um we we do that to further collaboration and so many of the things that we want to accomplish our meetings it's all about convening people so that's obviously a lot harder right now because of the pandemic and and also the pandemic is draining members resources and energy and we depend on dues and donations and volunteer service to accomplish our goals and objectives so Next few years are going to be interesting, but um, you know we are we are not giving up. We are we are bolstered by the enthusiasm of our members in spite of the pandemic. And I'll say our engagement at VisionServe has never been higher. Quite frankly, what had you done previous to uh, joining VisionServe? And you know, had, were you in the the blindness field before you came to VisionServe? Oh yeah, yes. So. Um, prior to VisionServe, I was the president and CEO of Lighthouse Central Florida and, and, it, and its subsidiary, Lighthouse Works. I actually started working at that organization at the end of 1998 as a part-time grant writer. I um, was familiar with the organization, um, and I'll tell you about that later, but I was familiar, started working there, um, the, the then executive director said, oh, come just work for us part-time. It'll be fun. We'll have lunch. And um, I wasn't there very long and realized, yikes, there was some work to be done. <laughs> because it was a very small and struggling organization. And so after some soul searching on the part of the board, they decided to make a leadership change. And on Valentine's Day 2000, um, the the board offered me the position of interim executive director as they conducted a national search for the next regular leader. I, I really didn't have any intention of doing that ongoing. I had never been a chief executive before, and I had four children, the youngest of which at that point was two years old. Um, we, had, we had just moved to back to Florida. There was a lot going on in my life. But um, in the end, they did offer me the position, and um, I was nervous. There was so much I didn't know how to do, but I, I felt like it was my destiny. I know it sounds, you know, a little strange, but I just was compelled to do this, even though I really didn't know how to do the job. I wanted to. I felt like I needed to. Um, so I took the job and. 
I knew I had a lot to learn. I made a lot of mistakes over the first few years, um, especially. But somebody... I'm familiar with those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Still do. Um, But somebody suggested I join what is now Vision Serve Alliance. It had a, a real long name, different name back then. And... Um, I wasn't sure that as an organization we could afford to join VisionServe, but I had a visionary board chair at the time. And when I spoke to him about this, without hesitation, he, he said, you, you really need to join this. This is going to help you uh, grow professionally and learn more about the field. And boy, it was just one of the best decisions uh, we ever made. So... I've been a member of VisionServe for 20 years and even served on the board of VisionServe Alliance as I was still working at, at uh, Lighthouse Central Florida. I got so many great ideas, tools, resources, found some professional mentors, and, and ultimately lifelong friends. I mean, I consider my professional community to be these people that I met through VisionServe Alliance. So anyway... Um, When I started at Lighthouse Central Florida in 1998, we had an annual operating budget of less than a million dollars. We had about 25 employees, most of whom were working on a part-time basis. And we only served about 100 visually impaired people a year. You know, their families were involved too, but only about 100, maybe 150 visually impaired people a year. And um, when I departed last year, we had added the subsidiary corporation Lighthouse Works. We had about 120 uh, full-time employees, including many people who are blind and visually impaired, professionally certified, degreed, experienced, a a terrific leadership team, two boards, and a combined annual budget of about $10 million. Maybe a little bit more than that. And, and Eric, I'm even happier to report that Lighthouse has continued to grow following my departure and is flourishing in spite of the pandemic. Now, I've seen a lot of people, um, not just in our field, but leaders leave their nonprofits and unfortunately they fall apart after they go. And boy, that is, was not going to let that happen. So the, the few years before I left, we went through a lot at Lighthouse to really instill uh, or implement an entrepreneurial operating system and build a leadership team. You know, that organization is built to last now. So talk to me for a second about the entrepreneurial operating system. What is that and how is it, you know, what, what helped, uh, how did that help your organization? Yeah, so um, the entrepreneurial, operate, entrepreneurial Operating System is a system that was developed by Gino Wickman. And if you've read the book Traction by Gino Wickman, I that's have. what we're talking about. Yeah. And um, we read the book. Um, I'll say I read the book with a few members at Lighthouse about five years ago. And it was at a time when Lighthouse was struggling a little bit again because we had uh, launched Lighthouse Works 
which made our organization very more complicated than it was before. Um, we had big dreams, but we weren't quite sure how to get from point A to point B. And um, I knew enough as a leader at that point that what got what we had that got us to that point wasn't enough to get us to the next point. And so fortunately, someone suggested traction, we read it, we decided we were going to implement it. And again, another visionary board chair who saw immediately the advantage of us doing this, a very successful entrepreneur himself, he encouraged us to hire an implementer to take us through this, not self-implement. Not that you can't self-implement, self but there's, there were many uh, potential distractions from us following through with it. So he encouraged us to do that. And um, it was a lot of work the first two years. I'm not going to lie. It was, um, it, it changed our culture. It forced us to be more honest with each other, um, transparency, accountability in a good way, but still accountability is work. Um, it, enhanced tremendously employee engagement throughout the organization. The board was involved. They understand and support the system as much as the staff. And, um, and it ultimately, it did what the system was built to do, give us traction so that we, we had a vision that everyone understands and we all started rowing in the same direction and started to gain traction rather than chasing after that shiny object um, getting tired of, of pursuing one avenue and letting it go. We had a five-year plan and we were all mar marching towards it. And you, it still gives you the opportunity to change gears. I, as an example, have implemented Vision Serve Alliance at, um, I'm sorry, EOS at Vision Serve Alliance. And we have a five-year plan. We have a roadmap. But um, this situation in which we're living is going to require us to step back and alter some of those uh, tactics and, and specific numbers in that. But the roadmap is still good. That's great. And uh, the chasing of shiny objects is, is a, uh, <laughs> it's an exercise at times in futility. Um, and it's, it's, it's one that in membership organizations Oh yeah, um, is a is a particular uh, uh, ongoing real challenge, and um, you know what's what's been good is uh, over the last year, the leadership team of of ACB has actually read the book Traction that Lee was referring to, and we are actually in the process of the early stages of uh, of implementing EOS uh, within ACB. And uh, a, lot, a lot of this started last year uh, when we reorganized our, uh, you know, our organization to be more uh, programmatic um, focused, uh, clumping our, a lot of our committees into the different programmatic areas where they, where they operate um, and have begun to see some good um, results with that with our nine uh, key programs but in addition to that there there's the need for uh, some more uh, some more structure and and uh, the development of, of uh, some processes to ensure that we're we're moving in the right direction and that we're doing it 
going about things the right way. And so it's, it's a little different for us as a, as a national member membership organization mm-hmm. of folks that are blind. Some of this is, um, is, is quite new, uh, not just to ACB, uh, the, the team, but also will be, will be some new concepts for our, uh, the leadership and our membership um, as we move yeah. forward. But it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's the right time for us to do this. And, uh, you know, our expectation is, is to grow, is to be, you know, uh, a real power in the blindness community. I believe we already are, but I, I believe that there's, there's more yet for ACB to accomplish. And, oh, yeah. Uh, well, this I'm is a, so a good way. You're doing it, Eric. I, uh, gosh, just hats off to you all for, for, for taking this step and um, a, a very bold step. You know, when, when we went through EOS at Lighthouse, we were one of the few nonprofits who were doing this. And initially, I, when I read the book, that, that was the only hesitation I had is it, it really, I mean, it was built, it was written around the idea concept of a for-profit company. Now, the size of the company, Gina Wickman said, didn't matter. It, it worked as well for small companies as it has for the Ford Corporation. Um, but I'm here to say that it also works for nonprofits and for associations. And ACB is, is probably one of the most complex organizations that will ever go through EOS and, and you're going to do it. And if ACB can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> That's encouraging to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, hey, why don't we why don't we move on with some uh, some fun stuff here? Uh, get to know Lee a little bit. Uh, the other side of Lee. Um, what do you like to do when you're not working? I used to have hobbies, and the last twenty years of my life, I let go of those. But you know, I'm actually I've dug out my cross stitch. I used to cross stitch oh. avidly, and I write poetry. And I actually have converted some of those poems into cross-stitch work. So I've dragged it out That's and I'm starting to cool. look at it again. Yeah. Okay. So what, what have you learned about yourself? I, the last, <laughs> what, we've been doing this now for 12 years, right? Uh, this shelter in place, it feels like. Um, <laughs> Has it been, been that long? <laughs> I don't know. It's basically, what, coming up on two months, I believe, right? Um, within the next week. So seven, eight weeks. Uh, I've learned a lot of things about myself. I can be really very annoying to everyone in my household, (laughs) including my four month old will get annoyed with me. I I can, I don't know what the deal is with me, but I can just turn off my five-year-old son, Tyler, my wife, who's trying to work full-time as well. Um, And then sometimes I even annoy myself um, at, just these goofy little things. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with just being cooped up in the house. Um, yeah. Are there some things that you've learned about you, your, you know, yourself, your, your spouse over the last, you know, seven, yeah. eight weeks um, <laughs> that you didn't well, necessarily know or thought, thought you weren't doing that, but you were, you know, <laughs> those sorts of things. Well, I'm not going to tell you everything, but 
<laughs> give, me your, give me your deepest, darkest, yeah, inadequacies. <laughs> well, the first thing as I, I've realized is I have way too many shoes. <laughs> Imelda. Mostly ones that are uncomfortable. And since I don't travel anymore, I have been living in the pair of Skechers that I bought during our Atlanta conference in November. Because they're super comfortable, and I'm like, why do I have all these other shoes? So that's one thing I've learned. Um, and I don't know that this is new, but it's a, a an extreme affirmation of the fact that I am indeed an extrovert, and I like to be with people in person, and I'm a planner. And so um, it's really tough to plan in this cavernous ambiguity of COVID-19 personally and professionally, um, I, and I realized, wow, I loved planning those family gatherings, those trips, um, the, God forbid, those conferences. <laughs> yes. And uh, Yeah, it's a little tough to do that. So I, I miss those things. But I also, thank goodness, my husband and I actually like each other. And we love where we live in our neighborhood. We have a pool. We swim a lot. And you know who loves this the most out of the whole family, this new normal, is our dog, Olivia. Oh, yeah. 24-7 yeah. attention, I would imagine. Yeah, lots more yeah. walks. She swims with us. So, yeah, all in all, I have nothing to complain about. I, uh, I'm very grateful. Well, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm also very grateful. Um, you know, everybody, everybody in our house is, is, is healthy and, and happy. And that's, yeah. that's really what matters. One of the things I learned about myself is, you know, you take these uh, personality inventories or like Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. and I've always sort of teetered right in the middle between an introvert and an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I miss being around other people. Yeah, um, me I miss going into the office and being around my team. Oh yeah. Um, and I miss, uh, I was sharing with you before we started this podcast, I, I actually went to the dentist this morning and had a really great experience, which is <laughs> so totally funny. bizarre. I, I got to hang out and talk to a hygienist for, you know, 45 minutes, which is hard to talk to a hygienist because they generally have something in your mouth at all times. But, you know, human, human interaction outside of just your family, um, I enjoyed it, you know, and who enjoys yeah. going to nobody does but you know it, it it sort of hit home with me on the way home you know that wow you know uh a lot of things that you you don't take into consideration or you you take for granted and then when they're gone it's like geez you know um, oh i know i i'm right there with you eric <laughs> yeah well right on well any last uh any last words uh, before we end this bad boy? Hmm. Let's see. Well, um, I want to thank ACB and your many members for the fantastic work that you have done on behalf of our, our um, mutually beloved national community of people who are blind and visually impaired and have low vision and other other things going on. I didn't mention before, but my, my introduction to this community is actually through our son. 
So we have a 39-year-old son who was born extremely premature and as a result is blind, has cerebral palsy, and is cognitively impaired. And were it not for Joe, I don't know that I would know any of you. And it's, uh, it's really strange to think about that. Uh, my, my love for Joe and a pursuit of understanding and providing the best quality of life for him led me to meeting so many other people. I just have tremendous respect and admiration for and consider my friends now. And so you never know where life is gonna take you, but I think I'm exactly where I belong and I am looking forward to working with ACB and the many other partners in our community for uh, many years to come. Amen. Uh, it's been great getting to, to know you over the last year and working with you uh, pretty closely on, uh, on a couple of different initiatives. And you are exactly where you need to be. That is absolutely uh, the case. Um, Thanks, Eric. We're big fans of Vision Serve and uh, even even bigger fans of, of Lee. So oh, thanks okay. so much for joining us this week. My pleasure. Thanks, Eric. Absolutely. And uh, as always, uh, Clark and Claire remind us each week that uh, if you have an advocacy issue that you want ACB to, to handle or, or to speak to somebody within ACB, please email us at advocacy at ACB dot org that's advocacy at acb.org obviously to learn more about the american council of the blind please visit acb.org and as clark and claire always say keep advocating keep, keep, keep.